Welcome to the Common Cause for Sustainability podcast brought to you by University of Washington Bothell and Cascadia College. My name is Alexa Russo, UW Bothell Sustainability Coordinator. And I'm Stefan Klassen, Assistant Director of Sustainable Practices at Cascadia College, and we'll be your hosts today. This podcast focuses on sustainability and environmental efforts, bringing a worldly perspective to our joint campus community and inspire action around common sustainability causes. This is episode three, and today's cause will be Earth Week. Since 2017, UW Bothell and Cascadia College have been running Earth Week in tandem, and typically we have events where on and off campus groups and organizations contribute various events in their areas to a larger Earth Week whole. And usually the sustainability festival is our headlining event where we bring in community partners to showcase what they do and how people can get involved in those initiatives and events. Um, But this year, obviously, we can't have that sustainability festival. So we will be having most things online and some things in person with COVID social distancing and other protocols to make sure everyone is safe. This is sort of reflective of last year, where we also had to switch to online, but it actually lets us engage with more people this way, right? You can get involved with the Earth Week right from home. Uh, Last year, we did things like the book club, which was an exciting way to get people involved together. We did a variety of like do-it-yourself gardening workshops. Uh, We did the eco challenge. And then a couple of different movie showings, which we're basically following up with again this year. So we'll chat a bit here about the different events we're hosting soon and some of the things you should be excited about. And then uh, go into a bit of an interview with one of our partners. Some prominent Earth Week events include our climate dialogue, where we will have experts discussing their various perspectives and participants figuring out together how this relates to them and their lives. And this year we are focused on food and food sustainability, which is a huge topic around climate and climate change. And it could have very profound uh, impacts on our food availability, food nutrition, and overall how we decide to grow our food. We will also have virtual tours at St. Edward State Park. And we will have some film screenings, a geocaching adventure where you can use an app on your phone to adventure around campus and learn more about sustainability on campus and so many more. It's a good way to social distance, right? Go go walk out in nature on our campus alone and, and kind of explore and learn about sustainability on our campus. Absolutely. And it gets you out of the house which is always great. Sure. I think we all need that after a year indoors. Another event that we will be going further into detail about with our interview is Community Reads. And we have librarians from Community Reads that will discuss that uh, in a little bit. Um, You can find all of our event information on our Earth Week website, which is linked in the show notes. And this has the full Earth Week calendar of events, descriptions, and details for each event. So you can find all of that information on our Earth Week website that is up to date all the time, and it will have the latest and greatest information. Yeah, there's there's way more events than we even talked about here, and there's still a couple being finalized right now. So we'll hopefully get to update you there and we'll see you at a lot of these different events. This year we have quite a few partners that we want to feature. We have partnerships with City of Bothell, St. Edward State Park, Oceana, 
Brightwater, Friends of North Creek Forest, 21 Acres, and the Washington Native Bee Society, as well as the Seattle Green Business Network. So thank you to those partners, and we look forward to hosting an Earth Week with you. Yeah, we're always so thrilled to be able to work with all these different organizations. Now we'd like to bring in our guests today. They're the librarians for the Community Reads Program at our campus library. These librarians run our Community Reads Program, and this spring theme is food justice, and we are so excited to see what materials they chose and to engage in community reads once more. Well, thank you so much for joining us and partnering with us for Earth Week this year. We would love to have you introduce yourselves, tell us your name, your position in the library, and your favorite book. Thank you, Alexa and Stefan, for inviting us to talk about community reads. We really appreciate it. Uh, my name is Tammy Gerard, and I am the Access Services Manager in the campus library, which these days means that I'm doing a lot of planning due to our uh, building being closed, but eventual looking towards a, an eventual reopening. Um, so managing the curbside pickup of materials right now, but yeah, lots and lots of planning for fall is what my job looks like right now. Um, I, oh, my pronouns also are she and her, and um, I have been thinking about what my favorite book of all time is, and I just cannot, there's so many, there's so many, but one one that did, did resonate with me really deeply a few years ago is called The Mountain Poems of Stonehouse. Um, they are poems by a Chinese Buddhist poet and mountain hermit named Stonehouse, and uh, the translation was done by Red Pine. And they're just really lovely poems about um, connection to this this mountain that this man lived on many, many, many years ago. And um, they're simple and they're beautiful. And I highly recommend the book. Excellent. Thank you, Alexa and Stefan, for having us. We really appreciate it. Uh, my name is Cora Thomas. I'm the circulation lead at the campus library. And I help manage the daily operations in circulation. That's when we're um, you know, on site and not working remotely, of course, but I work closely with our student employees and do lots of other cool stuff, manage our blog um, and then serve on really fantastic committees like the commun community reads committees. So it's a really fun job. And then my favorite book, I usually gravitate towards nonfiction, but this book um, was one of my favorite novels that I've read. It's um, by a Swedish author, Frederick Bachman. And it's called A Man Called Ova. And I read this years ago, but it is just really has some great humor in there. I really like the writer's sense of, you know, dry humor. And uh, it's a really lovely story about connecting with people after a loss. So anyway, that's a little bit about a favorite book, book of mine. And I'm Michael Mungin, a research and instruction librarian serving both UW Bothell and Cascadia College uh, with a specialty in social sciences. I'd say my favorite book of all time is probably Parable of the Sower by Octavia Butler, which is this shockingly prescient post-apocalyptic classic, really. Uh, actually, it's resonating with people so much now that it actually just made the New York Times bestseller list about 25 years after it came out the first time. And actually, a climate crisis uh, plays a large part 
in sort of the backdrop of the book. And so being involved in Community Reads has actually helped me draw all of these connections between the world that Octavia Butler created and the world that we seem to be in the middle of creating. And I actually might come back to the idea a little bit later, but in rereading the book last year, I was actually struck by how it almost feels like an instruction manual for how to handle this sort of abrupt uprooting change. Like it's such a rich book. I strongly recommend it. I love it. Thank you for sharing those very personal. I feel like book preferences are very personal things, you know, it kind of reveals something about a person. So it's awesome to, to learn more about you through your book choices. It's a great way to share too, right? Like we get to learn a little bit about what you love to read and maybe we'll explore it ourselves too. So recently, uh, my favorite book for a long time was like The Name of the Wind, right? I'm a big fantasy buff. Uh, It's a very beautiful prose written book. But recently I found this new one called uh, All the Birds in the Sky by Charlie Jane Anders. And it's an interesting story because it's a a still fantasy sci-fi novel. I'm, I'm very much in that genre. But it's set in like slightly future San Francisco, where a witch, like an actual physical person who can do magic, uh, which uh, is slowly meeting her childhood friend again, who is sort of a super techno genius. And so it's their development of their friendship blooming in this somewhat climate change being destroyed world of San Francisco, while one is trying to save the world through technology, the other is trying to save the world through magic, like nature magic and things. So I really thought that's a neat kind of futuristic sci-fi book that way. I think my favorite book is actually a series. Um, and Everyone knows it, the Harry Potter series. And I, the reason for that is, first off, I have shielded myself until now from Harry Potter. And so I don't have any uh, spoilers or anything like that. So I am now on book five. And so it's just kind of a brand new adventure for me. So now that we've shared our favorite books, we would love for you to tell us a little bit about Community Reads, its history, the purpose, and how it works. Community Reads started in the spring of 2016, so uh, I just realized that that was five years ago, um, so happy anniversary to us. Um, and it was originally an initiative of a library committee called the Equity, Diversity, and Social Justice Team, um, and we were when we started, our our intent was to have quarterly events, one book that we would read per quarter uh, to bring our campus together, both the Cascadia and the UWB side of campuses where faculty, staff and students would all be in critical dialogue together um, and dialogue surrounding issues of social justice. So we thought that you know we could offer this to instructors as a supplemental class activity, but we were also really interested in establishing a place in the library and on campus where deep community building could occur. <clears throat> and since we've, we've changed a lot in, in five years, our original goals and intent still remain strong. You know, we're still interested in, in facilitating dialogue around social justice issues. But, um, you know, over the years, we've, we've chosen a variety of different books that have included nonfiction, fiction, memoir, poetry and a graphic novel, actually, and Michael mentioned Parable of the Sowers, his favorite book, and the graphic novel that we read one one quarter was Kindred, um, an adaptation of Octavia Butler's Kindred in, in graphic novel form. Um, but all of these, these picks have covered the intersections of race, gender, disability, class, etc. 
Um, but our, I guess our approach has changed over the years. So as I mentioned, we started by choosing one book per quarter. And then and now we're definitely choosing shorter reads, maybe some other watches or listens to supplement the reads um, to create more accessible entry points into the events themselves and the programming. Um, so, you know, I'm just thinking back over the years and what we've done. And I remember one year, I think it was actually the, the second year that we were doing community reads. Um, we chose different books each quarter, but we all of the dialogues and discussion questions were designed around the concept of safety. Uh, so what safety means for different communities and how, what that interplay is with us on campus. So that was an interesting year. Um, and then last year we read Angela Davis's Freedom is a Constant Struggle. And that was really our departure from the one book per quarter model that we have been using. And so instead of reading the entire book one quarter and then moving on to a new new choice, we chose a chapter for each quarter. And uh, we, we worked under a general theme of democracy last year, but each quarter with each new chapter choice, we, we, we had a sub theme that we also looked at. And one quarter, we, we actually, this was a major de departure from what we had done in the past. We showed a portion of the film 13th. And then COVID happened, and so everything changed, um, and we had to quickly pivot to a different kind of programming. Obviously, we couldn't have our event on campus in the library spring quarter last year, so we we quickly <laughs> we qu we quickly made some Canvas content, and that's been growing, and we can talk about that more. But we also last year, last spring really focused our content on, we, we, we still read Angela Davis that quarter, but we also pulled together a panel of student activists from campus. And that was a really successful concluding event for the year where we could talk to our students about the activism that they are doing on and off campus, which was exciting and well attended and inspiring and encouraging. Are there any recordings of that event or any of the past Community Reads uh, discussions for someone to reflect on what you've done prior to this Community Reads? Oh, yeah, we have tons of resources that we've kept. The recording of the student activist event, we, we did record that event, but uh, it, we, we took it down after a certain number of days out of respect for the students who participated. But yes, we can send book lists, we can send, still have archived all of the information from previous events on our website. So we can send a link to that and we have discussion questions that we've retained, lots and lots of materials. So could you tell us a little bit about the theme for spring quarter community reads and kind of how it works? Yeah, so all year, uh, the 2020 through 2021 academic year, we have focused on the topic of environmental justice. And for spring quarter, we are looking to focus specifically on food justice and, and the issues surrounding the production of food and the distribution of food. Um, and that seemed perfect for spring because it marks the beginning of the growing season in this region, at least. <laughs> um, and I think it is also a topic that all of our committee members are really passionate about. And it seems to resonate with people in general. You know, everybody, everybody must eat or should 
eat and um, you know playing in the dirt is something that many of us enjoy um, so we're, we're excited about our spring quarter focus on food justice the previous quarters also under the umbrella theme of environmental justice we have looked at um, climate refugees and migration as well as <clears throat> rising waters and the impacts of um, climate change on communities near water in particular. We have chosen our reading for spring quarter and it is an essay by Leah Penniman. Um, the title of the essay is Black Gold and it appears in Dr. Ayanna Elizabeth Johnson's anthology called All We Can Save, Truth, Courage, and Solutions for the Climate Change for the climate crisis um, and Dr. Johnson was actually someone that we highlighted during fall quarter. Um, we, we, this year, let me back up a little bit. This year we've been trying to do a read, a short reading, a short viewing and uh, something to listen to, to, to provide more accessible entry points into the topic, especially since we're in this online environment. Um, and so anyway, Dr. Johnson was someone we highlighted uh, back in the fall, so it was really exciting to find um, an essay that resonated so deeply with us surrounding issues of food justice in her anthology. And I don't want to spoil the, the essay entirely, but what I will say is that it's, it's beautiful, it's powerful, and in a relatively short essay, uh, Leah Penman manages to cover the some of the history of BIPOC communities' relationship with land and farming in this country, the relationship between producing food in, and, and climate change, the, way, the ways in which we grow our food and how that uh, impacts our climate, which some of the, the specific methods that I'm learning about as we explore this topic, I'm so excited to try in my own backyard. So that's super exciting. The essay also talks about the disproportionate impacts of climate change on BIPOC communities, who is growing our food and the inequity of their wages and work protections compared to other sectors. And then how soil and relationship with soil can work to bring healing after a history of trauma and land dispossession for indigenous and uh, black and people of color. And then also um, the essay manages to also provide three profiles of farms using Afro-indigenous farming methods. So it's it's jam-packed with information and manages to still, I, I don't know, I don't know how she she wrote this so perfectly, but it is it is just a gorgeous essay that provides so much information. Yeah, I feel like T Tammy touched on a lot of the things that I was going to talk about, and she probably spoke to them better than I can. But there, are, I, I will speak. A, I don't want to give away too much. Just like Tammy said, that the reading is so rich, uh, and so I'm just going to hint around a few themes, and everyone should go read it because it's a great piece. But I, I also really liked how I talked about the idea of regenerative farming, both in the sense of uh, and I'm, I'm talking about Leah Penniman's uh, Black Gold, the idea that it sort of broadly gets at regener regenerative farming, uh, both in the sense of strengthening the soil and the fertility of the land, but also regenerative properties for, for us when we reconnect with the land. And there's a lot of interesting ideas in the piece about how Black and Brown people, how we can often feel uh, a hurt, like this hurtful disconnect from the land and the soil uh, and farming because of the trauma inflicted through slavery, sharecropping, exploitative labor practices. But the wild thing is the reading is really not a downer. It's actually, I found it pretty inspirational, almost motivational. 
And so go read it. <laughs> yeah, and I really think that the Community Reads theme really connects to our climate dialogue theme for Earth Week, which is sustainable food systems and how food impacts climate, how climate impacts food, and then how you can take sustainable agriculture and implement it in your own home, whether that be having a planter box on your windowsill or building a full garden in your yard. There are, you know, steps that you can take either small or big to bring sustainable food into your life. And even if that's just making sustainable food choices when you're at the grocery store as well. And I think that during this time of COVID, people are, you know, looking for some new hobbies and trying to explore different things that maybe they hadn't had time for before. And now's the time to explore and learn new things and figure it out. So I think it's just a great time and a great theme. And I'm really excited to see where it goes. How can people access Community Reads and when does it start? We have because we are operating in an entirely remote environment right now our community reads content is in canvas so we have actually created a canvas course and right now our winter quarter content is is published as well as uh you can also go back and look at our fall quarter content um, but you can't participate in the discussions for fall quarter anymore um, we will have our spring quarter content up soon-ish in the next couple of weeks. Our goal is always to have it up by the beginning of the quarter, but um, sometimes we're not right on time. So we'll have a link to the Black Gold essay, and that that is accessible with your UW NetID login. It's an online book that the UW Libraries has. Could you tell us a little bit more about your favorite part about community reads and what's getting people excited? So one of my favorite things about community reads uh, are the different media that we look at and how they affect us and how they affect participants in community reads in different ways. Uh, so like your creative side is sort of engaged with with the poetry and the art that we've looked at and then other texts and discussion, uh, like Tammy was just saying, are, are so directly informative about what's going on. So there's some there's kind of something for everyone. Um, there's something for what they used to call the left brain and the right brain, although I don't think they say that anymore. And there's just a lot to take from the materials and from the people who have participated, uh, like your fellow participants. They add so much. They have added so much to the um, to the discussions that I really feel like there's just something for everyone in community reads. Oh, I had so much fun one week researching local farms that focus on environmental justice issues or food justice issues, as well as, you know, um, BIPOC owned farms in the region. So we have quite a list. We're just going to say we're excited to collaborate and highlight um, the climate dialogue that Alexa and Stefan will be putting on too in our can Canvas course and just in general. Um, and, and Earth Day, Earth Week is coming up in April. So we're kind of excited about that and seeing all of the activities that are um, going to be available for, for folks. So, so I think, yeah, we'll be exploring some of that too. Speaking of tapping into, into your creative side, um, we do also offer an opportunity to um, contribute to a zine that we put together every quarter, um, and it just depends on how many submissions we have, but we, this year we started our second 
kind of round of putting together a zine. And this is zine this year. Can you tell us more about this zine? What what is it specifically? Oh sure. Yeah. So it's actually like um a compilation of community created um publication of of art and and poetry and um like this a student made this really artful cover for it um uh, that we used and we credited them for because it was just like this is such an amazing drawing that that relates directly back to the materials that we've been discussing this year that we have to put this on the cover um and i think cora's being modest cora like really spearheaded um cora and one of our other committee members or some a, a couple of our other committee members like really really drove this through this is it's like this labor of love uh i was really impressed watching them compile all of these things and and it's actually now available but we have we have two zines that we've that the group has made um the one for fall was climate justice but uh we read this amazing book I don't know, a year, two years ago, maybe Emergent Strategy by Adrienne Marie Brown. And that was actually maybe the first time we did a, a major uh, shift in how we were arranging our programming, because instead of having strictly like one, um, <clears throat> uh, you know, a discussion space during our event, we created these sort of um, stations. Um, so people could rotate through the stations and some of the stations uh, were discussion based, but we also had a station for making contributions to a zine and uh, some didactic listening work. And I think Cora did a poetry writing station. Um, anyway, that was an amazing event. Cool. I love it. I can't wait to look at the zine uh, submissions. Just to bring things back full circle, actually, um, Adrienne Marie Brown, who wrote Emergent Strategy, now hosts a podcast about Octavia Butler's uh, Parable of the Sower, where they go chapter by chapter and they talk about how to apply emergent strategy uh, principles to your reading of the book. And it's actually my new favorite podcast. It's so good. It's called uh, Octavia's Parables, I think. I love the sound of that podcast, Michael. It's something I have to check out. Uh, it kind of reminds me of this TED Talk I really have loved and have shared around quite a bit recently called uh, A Gorilla Gardener in South Central LA. Uh, it's this guy, Ron Finley, who started teaching you know, just random people to change and make change through uh, gardening in their own the areas and yards. And, you know, this really like black majority, very poor area of LA to try and make a change in culture in that way through growing your own food. It's an incredible TED talk. We'll, we'll add it to the show notes. Uh, but that really leads to the idea of how much change you can make individually and then inspiring people to make change. Um, I, you know, Stefan just mentioned that, that identifying actions can be uplifting and encouraging. And that is something I failed to mention when I was talking about community reads and the history of it. We, especially in the last year or two, have really tried to focus some of our content on action and what one can do to help um, ameliorate a given situation, but also empower ourselves. So that is definitely on our radar. And, and we, we try to include some of that content each quarter. And this when as we're looking at food justice issues this quarter, I suspect that um, you know pointing people towards local farms where they can support BIPOC farmers in the region um, and learn from them might be one of those set actions. And I personally have found it a very encouraging piece of this work right now. 
Um, and I, if I can speak to more favorite readings for spring quarter, uh, one thing that I discovered earlier on this year as we were looking for uh, resources related to our topic of environmental justice was is this podcast called How to Save a Planet. And it one of the hosts is Dr. Ayanna Elizabeth Johnson, the woman that I have spoke of before and who's book anthology, this essay that we're using appears in. Um, the podcast in general, I think, is just fascinating and and encouraging, you know, because the two hosts are identifying issues um, that are really devastating, but but actions that can be taken. I mean, the title of the podcast is How to Save a Planet, which is a pretty big charge, of course. Um, but in particular, uh, she has an, an episode called Soil the Dirty Climate Solution. And that's actually how I found this essay, Black Gold, because it's uh, one of the one of the folks interviewed in that episode is Leah Penniman, who wrote Black Gold, and the essay is mentioned in the episode. Anyway, it's fascinating, and it gives a lot more detail about what regenerative farming is and how that interplays with our climate. Um, so I would highly recommend that episode, but also the podcast in general. And then um, also, just while we're speaking so highly of Leo Penniman, um, Farming While Black is a rather large book that she has published about um, farming in general. Uh, but it, it's so it, this book is so rich with with different kinds of resources, um, everything from like how to compost and and how to do no-till farming and how to buy land and like activities if you're a teacher you know to incorporate into your curriculum it's i would highly recommend farming while black and it, it's a it's a really inspiring work the subtitle is uh it's farming while black soul fires farms practical guide to liberation on the land encouraging listen um it's it's just it's a pretty devastating listen is are the two episodes of the 1619 podcast um, that focus on black farmers in the US. So 1619 was a New York Times project that observed the 400th anniversary of the beginning of American slavery. Um, but part of, uh, part of that project resulted in a podcast and the last two episodes of that podcast discussed the history of land ownership and farming by black people in the United States, which post-slavery, um, which is just, you know, of course, another story of systemic oppression and, and white supremacy in this country. So it's it's um, it's a very difficult listen, but I highly recommend it to more fully understand that history that we're still uh, living with. I'm just super excited for all of the programming that you two are going to be providing uh, during Earth Week this year. I'm so excited after hearing from you about what those events will look like. And Earth Week is always a fun, fun week on campus. And even though we won't be there, I'm thrilled that we'll be able to engage uh, still with Earth Week as a community. So thank you for all the work that you've been doing on that. Thank you, Tammy, Michael, and Cora. That's really awesome. Some great resources, and we'll add them to the show notes. We really appreciate you coming and talking to us on the show about community reads. I've actually made friends at like the in-person community reads talks, so it's always a thrilling thing for me to be able to engage, and I'm hoping the rest of the community does too. And we are also very psyched to celebrate Earth Week with everyone in our community and to just 
gather around a shared cause that is happy and exciting and inspiring. And for us, every day is Earth Day, but we always like to really showcase ways that you can get involved in your life and on campus and in our community during this month. So we're thrilled to have had you on this podcast episode, and we look forward to engaging with our community during Earth Week this year. We will be putting the link to the Community Reads website in the show notes so you can find all the resources there and figure out how to participate through that link. Thanks for listening, and this is the Common Cause for Sustainability podcast brought to you by University of Washington Bothell Cascadia College. Find more about our sustainability efforts through our websites, uwb.edu slash sustainability and cascadia.edu slash BASSP. See you next time. Thank you.